Welcome back to Energize Wisconsin podcast brought to you by the Wisconsin Conservative Energy Forum. I'm your host, Scott Coonan, as always, um, and we are joined here by Corey Neely. He is the director of SolarShare Wisconsin Cooperative. Corey, welcome to the podcast, sir. Thanks for having me, Scott. I'm glad to join. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've had some conversations with Corey about what he's working uh, on at, at SolarShare, um, and it is very, very innovative and really, really cool stuff. Um, and I think it's a real privilege that um, something so innovative and cool is happening right in our own backyard here in Wisconsin. So I, I'm very excited to dive in on this podcast because I think it uh, touches on a, on a lot of different topics that we uh, we often are talking about at a really high level, um, but it offers, I think, some real solutions uh, at, a, at a very deep level uh, to, to some of those problems and, and could be a real model for, for the country. So, so Corey, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on here. I really am excited to get into and, and start talking about all this stuff. But I guess I, we always kind of like to uh, do a little bit of intro, obviously, to, to the audience and everything. So I'll, I'll give you just a second, um, you know, introduce yourself a little bit and, and maybe your background and, and how you came to be uh, sitting with us here. Yeah, so I'm a lifelong Wisconsin resident. Um, I grew up in Prairie du Chien and uh, went to college at UW-Madison. Really decided that this is a place for me to live and, you know, uh, raise a family. You know, just growing up in Wisconsin, the beauty of the state, this is amazing. And you know, I, I really enjoyed the outdoors, you know, hunting, fishing, looking for mushrooms in the woods, stuff like that. And, and I really enjoy the rural landscape. So, you know, the big thing for me is Having been, you know, I, I used to work for utilities. I worked for public power with WPPI Energy for about a decade. Um, left there to um, become an entrepreneur, trying to help folks understand energy use in their home and better manage the, the bigger appliances in their home so they can be as efficient as possible. And then, uh, you know, that didn't work out. Uh, but, you know, every entrepreneur uh, can attest that, you know, a failure is just an opportunity to learn. And so I learned a lot in that year and a half that I was working on that. When I kind of decided it was time to jump back in, I found an opportunity with SolarShare Wisconsin Cooperative to be the director and kind of build this cooperative from the ground up. Um, we had a really good base from the information and the kind of business plan that was compiled by the folks at Renew Wisconsin. And I was really excited to join. So that's kind of a brief background, a little bit about me. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about the co-op and what we're doing here. So... Yeah. So, so Corey, you touched on it a little bit, you know, just to get into your passions and your background a little, uh, I, I would assume, you know, being a fan of the outdoors, you're obviously, a, you know, a fan of conservation and, you know, have some environmental concerns, but, you know, in this space, kind of solar, clean energy, innovation, new technology, that kind of thing, what, what really gets you excited? What really drives your passion to be involved in some of this stuff? And, and even, I, I love to hear, you know, folks who have kind of that entrepreneurial flavor too, right? Because I think there's, there's a ton of opportunity for that in this space too. So, so what really, really drives your passion in this space? I think that really the thing I get excited about is the fact that we can uh, drive growth in rural areas with, with our farms, these uh, cooperative farms, cooperatives have a, a long history of success in, in Wisconsin. And, you know, if you're living in a rural area, one of the only ways you can really kind of grow or do some of the big things that other folks do in the city is by joining a cooperative or, you know, creating a group of folks, you can pool your money and resources to kind of do bigger things. And I love that idea. And I, I think that it fits into our rural landscape, but also it fits into a landscape of, you know, we're trying to, to basically 
change how we we get energy in our state. And so how do we do that um, without bringing folks together? I, I don't think we can. You know, one of the, the benefits of this is it democratizes clean energy investment. My, my dad was a, a factory worker and I, I start thinking about like how he would have participated in, in something like this. I think he would have. And, and he actually is. He's one of our investors. He's a retired uh, factory worker. You know, the, the ability for farmers, librarians, uh, you know, factory workers, plumbers, anybody can can invest in our our solar share uh, cooperative. That really excites me that we're getting everybody in the game and letting them participate when a lot of uh, uh, historically, you know, changes in the markets, you know, the average person has been shut out of the opportunity. And I, I don't think that's the right thing. So, yeah. And and, and I, I, I like that you kind of bring up that that urban rural divide, because, I mean, arguably, especially politically, right? But it's a hot topic now, but it's been a hot topic for 150 years, right? I mean, you know, all the way back to rural electrification. I mean, we've, we've been, you know, struggling with this concept and dynamic for a long time. Um, and, and I think you're right. It, it is, it's all about, especially in rural areas, it's about building capacity uh, as a community or in, in whatever form or group you want to pick. It, it's capacity and it's ability, right? And you have to join together uh, to, to really achieve that in, in some far-flung areas. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, I think, later on, too, about kind of bridging that divide and some tools that we can use to bridge that divide. Because we talk a lot, obviously, about you know, renewable energy's disparate impact on rural areas and urban areas and how it's going to look different. And so we, we do a lot of talking about that. So I'm sure we'll touch on it again later. But I, so, Corey, just run us through us then, you know, solar share. 101. What, what are we talking about? Run us through the basics. Yeah. So uh, when we were founded, the idea was that we were going to collectively dem- democratize investment. What that means is we pool money. We take investment. As a director, I, I kind of handle the day-to-day operations. We essentially find uh, projects that we want to invest in. And our members who are either member contractors or member investors can invest in these projects. Now, so the member investor essentially could invest anywhere from $1,000 to $50,000 purchasing shares in the raise. And, you know, this is an initial raise. We're about uh, three quarters of the way done in that raise. We've got about $365,000 spoken for of the 500000 And I think that once we close that round, we're going to continue to open rounds and create investment. In these first few projects, we're going to be landowners which wasn't part of the business plan, but we found some projects that had already been pretty far down the line. And in those projects, those landowners were looking to sell the land. They weren't looking to hold on to it. And our projects are smaller. I mean, they're five to 40 acres. So it's not like we're taking over huge farms or things like that. Our goal really is to minimize the amount of land we own. We're not trying to go in and buy up farms and put people out of business. Our real ultimate goal is to help people hold on to their land. And so however that manifests itself, farmer needs a capital injection, a couple hundred thousand dollars. They want to sell some land. Great. We'll do that. And we'll put up some solar and we'll lease that land back to the developers. Our sense is just like any other cooperative. We pool money, we put that money to work, and then we return you know, dividends to our membership when we do really well. And our board is uh, you know, right now comprised of five members that, that were the forming board. We're going to be uh, holding our first election in the spring, and that will ultimately become five members who are elected by our, our membership and then two members who are elected by our contractors. So 
of the two, you know, member classes, the member investor is is ultimately going to be the one with the more power on the board, whereas the, the member contractors really provide a source of you know information about the industry and also help us bring projects into the to the fold. So I know that's a little bit more in depth, but you know, right now we're we're focusing on building two projects, purchase the land for one, we'll purchasing the land for the next one. And those projects should be operational by the end of next fall. So we're really excited about that initial kind of investment. It shows that this is a model that can work and will work. The goal really now is to to go out to the utilities and say, all right, how can we work with you to build one of these in your community and start to build that relationship between the investors and the utilities themselves? Because I think the heart of this, kind of a secret sauce is that if you're a local person and you're investing in a local project, it just changes your relationship with your utility. Up until this point, it's always been a monopoly relationship. You know, I buy power from you because I have to. Now you're buying power from project that I'm investing in. It's just a different relationship, but I think it can be a better relationship in that scenario. So our goal with a lot of our projects is to help, you know, our utilities maintain and keep rates low. And that's really ultimately important for the business and the, the individual rate payer. So we're excited about that opportunity as well. Yeah, so and, and we've we've been talking about this for quite a while ourselves on our end. Obviously, we are struggling maybe a little bit here in the Midwest and in Wisconsin across MISO footprint to meet summer peak demand, right? You know, we've been talking about burning nine dollar natural gas now as opposed to two dollar natural gas, nine dollar natural gas. You know, on those ninety five degree, very very sunny days, that is going to be tremendously expensive for everybody, right? All rate payers for all utilities, cooperatives doesn't matter. I mean, we've been kind of trying to drive that message forward. Like, if you can introduce relatively inexpensive solar generation on those really big, hot, sunny peak days, you're going to lower costs for everybody. Period. Right now in this environment, um, so I so I, I see what you guys are trying to do, and I and I do appreciate that. I think it does help. It just lowers the strain that we put on our system right now, and I and frankly, a system that's aging a little bit and, and maybe creaking a little bit. So, so so Corey, when I guess I my my initial questions for you are so if I'm an I'm an investor, let's say investor X, mm-hmm. right? I want to put let's say $5,000 invested in. And then you guys, so you'd mentioned you already have 365,000 of an initial $500,000 goal. So you you have two projects that are in the pipeline right now. Um, If I'm an investor of that initial $500,000 tranche, how many projects do you think you can get going? Or do you have a long, longer term plan for that initial half a million? Yeah. So the first half million, we're going to try and get as many projects, at least get into as many projects as we can. When we join a project, we're not the sole investor. Obviously, these projects are much bigger than than we are. But our goal is to try and invest in or get, get into a lot of these other projects. And really, ultimately, we want to do not just two projects in the state. We want to do 200 if we can and really you know, create that niche um, for ourselves. This one to five megawatt range, one has an advantage that you know, we don't have to worry about MISO. We're jumping on the distribution side. And so we don't have the MISO interconnection queue that we have to wait for to do these projects. And two, like the, the local utilities, this offsets energy that they would be purchasing. That $9 natural gas you're talking about, you know, the volatility of that natural gas and or coal energy that they're purchasing. This is, 
I like to call solar is is inflation proof because once you put it in, the price of sun doesn't doesn't go up. It's still zero. You know, so it's this early investment, upfront investment that allows them to lock in and keep their rates relatively low. Going back to the investment, so let's say you did invest five thousand dollars. Our goal for our investors is a five percent return. So over those five years and in the investment term on this first project is a five-year term, you would earn about $1,250 on that initial $5,000 investment. And, you know, for the big investor, like say I have $6 million, you know, that's not 5% is a whole lot of money. That's a big risk. But what we're doing is we're taking a bunch of small investors and their smaller risk means that, you know, they don't need a lot of money. If I've got $5,000 sitting in a bank doing nothing for me, I can guarantee our rate of return is better than that local bank's rate of return. Even if you put it in a CD, it's, it's way better. So really, this is about creating a different financial product that the average person could put money in. The volatility of the stock market has pushed some people out of it. Some folks that are, that are uh, looking to retire aren't really going to be looking to put a bunch of money in the stock market that they, one, don't really fully understand, and two, is increasingly volatile and scary for them because they've got this hard-earned money. They want to hold on to it. This allows them to put money into something that, one, is relatively safe, and two, is something that that does good for their local communities while, while helping them earn some money. So. And has a, a tangible benefit too, right? I mean, you can you can actually see and you know look at it. Um, people have been chasing yield the last few years everywhere, right? Have <laughs> been chasing returns all all the way to pretty wild crypto and NFT stuff, right? Um, and, and that's been a, a rough couple of months for those folks too. So I, I could I could see how it could be fairly advantageous for somebody who's looking. I, I, I would agree with you. I think this is low risk profile, right? But I also I think it's very, very cool to see tangible infrastructure, tangible investment, tangible real world construction, things being built in a community and real world investment in the community. I, I, I like that idea a lot. Can I ask you, Corey? So let's, you brought up the utilities a little bit, um, utilities and cooperatives, obviously. Mm-hmm. Is there any risk there? I guess uh, we we've talked in the past about community solar and, and it, you know the one to five megawatt range those smaller downscale projects. Is there a risk in some of these projects of you know them not uh, being off takers of this power or mm-hmm. can you dive into that relationship so far for you guys a little bit? Ultimately, the utility is our our end customer, right? And so we want to keep them as happy as possible. And I think you know compared to the traditional subscription model community solar project. This is an easy button. You know, they're just buying all the power. They don't have to worry about divvying up the kilowatt hours to their customers. Um, they don't have to worry about you know, marketing for this program. And so we want to make it as easy as possible. Plus, also is publicly, um, we want to make this a good story for them. So these smaller projects, you're, you're not going to have as much um, nimbyism or even economic jealousy with these projects because we take the economic jealousy equation right out of the game. We were at a, an event uh, where it was actually a, a planned commission meeting you know, for our first project. And a uh, local farmer was there. Um, he was actually going to be a neighbor to the project. And uh, I could tell right away that, you know, he wasn't real interested in having this solar project next to his house. He had a lot of really good questions, but also very pointed questions about the project. Well, needless to say, we, we ended up moving forward and the folks approved it. But after the meeting, I, I beelined it over to talk to him. And I said, so just so you know, you know, I told him a little bit about SolarShare, what we were going to be doing. And I said, just so you know, you know, you can invest in this project. And it was like a light switch. He he just 
instantly was like, well, well, maybe it wasn't such a bad idea. Maybe, maybe this would work. And it really ultimately comes down to like, if he's looking down on it from his property and seeing someone else reap the benefits of it, it's not as good of a deal. But if he can look down at it and say, that's my money being put to work, it just changes the game. And really this, this, you know, if you've seen some of the backlash and some of the other solar projects in the state, some of it is economic jealousy. I'm not getting any money from this. You're getting all the money from this. And the other part of it is like, you know, if you're taking up huge um, parts of the county, folks see that and they say, well, I don't like that all that's changed. There's too much change for me. This allows the utility to kind of focus on smaller projects that allow them to, one, get clean energy, but two, create meaningful bonds with their ratepayers that they never had before. So I think we solve some problems for the utility. And I think utilities got enough problems on their own. Having worked for utilities, you know, there's a lot of issues that they're struggling with you know, this new uh, century that I think that they can focus on and do better at. And we want to make sure that we allow them to do that work. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's a, a long, long answer to that, but no, no. And I, but I, I think you're right. And I, I think, you know, I think from our perspective, there's obviously room in the world for both of those things, right. You know, utility scale, really large development, you know, I, I understand taking advantage of economies of scale and, and even on our organization here on this podcast, you know, I mean, we've, we've celebrated to some degree the, I don't want to call it the Wall Streetification of renewable energy, but the, the mainstreaming and maturing of the industry, right? Because capital gets things done, right, in, in large quantities and, and that kind of mainstreaming, I mean, it's, it's been a good thing because we've seen it deployed more and more and more in the last five years, right? But I, I totally understand. And this is where, again, I, I think that I get very excited about, you know, this kind of model that you're heading up, Corey, is because I think there's room for, I tell people all the time, the technology scales up and then it scales down. And I think the investment and the, yeah. um, the profile of how you get these projects developed and done should also scale up and down too, right? Mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot. I really do. Um, let's bring it back to the projects. So you, you've got, you mentioned you had two projects in the pipeline. If, if you can share with the, with the audience, please share with us, uh, where, where are those located? The first two projects are going to be in the Mawson area, and we're working with the local cooperative in that area to buy all that, that power. Um, first one, Lemon Weir, is, that we purchased land for already is about three megawatts, and the other one is going to be one and a half megawatts. That's a Webster Creek. So one's south of, of Mawson, the other one's just north of Mawson, um, but really all on the same you know, electrical system. Those two projects together are going to power around a thousand homes and businesses. So our goal is really to make sure that we're feeding clean energy into the system, you know, providing those folks with an opportunity to diversify their um, energy portfolio and keep costs low. I think that the the local co-op has a carve out that they're using as part of this to self-generate and that this is a really good opportunity for them to do that. Yeah. And, and Corey, you had mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but I want to bring it back to for a second for, for folks who are listening who may be a little bit new to some of this stuff. You had mentioned distribution versus transmission lines. So these projects, five to 40 acres, relatively small, I guess, um, in, in the grand scheme of things, but they're plugging directly into the distribution line, which are essentially your local distribution lines, lines that run right outside your house and, and run in your neighborhood. Some of the larger projects, obviously, when you get up to 50 to 100, 150, 200 megawatt projects, those projects are plugging into really the high voltage, large transmission lines, right? And kind of feeding into the larger, larger grid. Um, So I I think that's also an advantage if we go back to the grid impact here, 
you guys are plugging directly into homes, local homes, essentially, and, and feeding that power locally directly, uh, which I, again, I think is a huge, huge advantage. Yeah, there's an advantage in cost savings around that. Because, you know, when you buy power, let's say a distribution utility buys power from their generation transmission company, they're paying for not only the power itself, but transmission costs. And so this amounts to be a, a substantial savings in the grand scheme of things, you know, so we're just really excited about where we can head with this and where we can go. I know that uh, we need all the solar we can get. My comments earlier about our advantages against some of the bigger projects are not meant to put those other in dislike. It just changes the equation. We need large scale. We need small scale. We need residential solar. We need all the solar we can get. We buy about $14 billion of coal and natural gas each year as a state. And that money goes directly out of the state as, as fast as that energy comes in. We don't produce natural gas. We don't produce coal in the state. So really, this is about creating an economy that works for Wisconsin and energy that becomes a multiplier within our state and doesn't leave our state. Yeah. And, and again, I think the cool part about this is you're focused on an area that I, I don't know a lot of other people are focused on, right? Trying to keep the dollars and the investment and the financial side of it as local as possible, too. Like I said, I, I, I love that idea. I really, really do. Uh, full disclosure to everybody in the audience, I am considering myself personally being an investor in this because I love the idea so much. So um, so, so certainly should uh, should close that as well, but it shouldn't um, keep anybody from looking into this. And, and that's another good question for everybody, um, Corey, as we kind of wrap this up. How can folks who are listening find some more info on this? Yeah, just check out our website. It's solarshare.coop.coop. And, and we'd really love that, that co-op uh uh, designation. It does show that we are a co-op and we're working for other folks, just like any other co-op out there. But yeah, reach out to our website or you can give me a holler. My phone number is actually on the website, so you can call right that way. So Perfect. I appreciate you having us on here, Scott. Yeah, Corey, absolutely. Anything final for our audience here you think we missed? Yeah, no, I, I think we we touched most of everything. I just really appreciate the opportunity to work for Wisconsin and, and try and keep as much money in the state as possible helping anybody participate in the clean energy economy. Perfect. That was Corey Neely. He is the director of SolarShare Wisconsin Cooperative. Definitely give it a look if you're interested in participating on the investment um, and, and kind of the financial side of the clean energy economy and what we think is going to be really, really huge again in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. There's nothing but growth potential here. And this is a very, very innovative, interesting idea. Try and take advantage of that a little bit more. So Thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been Energized Wisconsin Podcast brought to you by the Wisconsin Conservative Energy Forum. And as always, I am your host, Scott Coonan, and thank you for listening in.